this Sunday a series of, of sermons. It's been a while since we have done a series, and uh, uh, we're going to be, begin uh, a series, uh, something that God has really placed upon my heart. And, um, uh, I mean, it, he it just kind of um, uh, jumped out at me, and I feel, I feel like that the Spirit of God is really directing me this way. Uh, we've been talking about, uh, uh, about putting things in order the way that God wants them to do. Uh, Brother Chase did a great job last Sunday night about talking, talking to us about the five-fold ministry functioning in the body of Christ. And um, whether or not you realize it or not, but we have got a, um, a whole lot on our plate. We have got a lot to do to accomplish uh, the purpose and the plan of God as his body, as his church. And we don't have all that much time to do it in. And uh, there are times in our personal life, uh, I have to say, ouch, amen here, that we, uh, we get to the point and place Maybe we, we kind of feel a little bit burnt out and we begin to let some things slide and we, um, we don't uh, 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 do everything we, we should do when we ought to do it. Uh, and uh, the same is true uh, in the church, in the body of Christ. And I, I, can, hear the, I can hear the Spirit of the Lord crying out, to his church, um, for us to to rise up to the occasion that that we have right now. We all are here for such a time as this, and there is much to be done in the kingdom, and uh, we need to be up and about the Father's business. And we all need to be concerned. As Kessie was ministering uh, in, in worship a while ago, she said, you know, talking about how much Christ loved us and what all he's, he's done for us, uh, that ought to make us want to step up to the plate and not wait to be called on but ask God, what is it you want me to do, Lord? Uh but sometimes we just kind of sit back and we uh, want to coast, as it were. But as a shepherd, uh, the Lord has impressed upon me that we need to step up to the plate. And we need to ask God. It's time that we start asking God, what can I do, Lord? What can I do? Because if the work of the kingdom is going to get done, it's going to happen through the person sitting right around next to you right now. It's going to happen through you. And if we don't step up to the plate, if we don't fulfill the task, it's not going to be, it's not going to be complete. And I don't know about you, but I don't, I, I don't think you want somebody 
to walk up to you on judgment day who has just heard the words, depart from me, I never knew you. I don't think you want that person to walk up to you right before they're cast off into hell and, and say, you didn't do what you could, so I don't have to go where I'm going. I don't want nobody's blood on my hands. Hallelujah. I want, I want to be willing. And we're going to be talking about becoming the church. That's going to be the series of messages for the next few weeks. I don't know exactly how long it will last. It will continue as long as God gives me messages on this. But I want us to uh, take seriously and begin to take more seriously the function of it, of the church, what it means to be a part of the body of Christ, and what God expects from each and every one. Uh, the scripture reading today is found in Matthew chapter 20, and we're going to be reading verses 20 through 28. Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons, uh, who was Zebedee's sons? Somebody know? James, James and John. James and John, the disciples, James and John. The mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with, uh, with her sons, kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your right hand and on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And let me stop and say, He wasn't talking about water baptism and He wasn't talking about Holy Ghost baptism. They said to him, We are able. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, for it is for those whom it is prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased, displeased with these two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Notice that. But whosoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Verse 28 is going to be the focus verse. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and, I, and to give his life for a ransom for many. Fathers, we come today. We thank you and we praise you for the privilege of being in your house. Thank you, God, for the worship and what we have felt already. But now I'm asking to speak to us through your word. Give us what you would have us today. Use me as a vessel. 
uh, chosen of you to speak your words in Jesus' name that the church say. You can be seated. <clears throat> the first message in this series of sermons, I'm calling it just to have a simple title, Called to Serve. Called to Serve. That is, that is the message for this first uh and I, I'm not going to hold you long, but I'm going to take my time in what I've got to say because uh, we are here in the um, uh, the middle, around the middle of the year now, and um, uh, we have already seen quite a bit and things happen. Uh, God has blessed us. We have baptized a number of people this year, and by the way, I think it's great to see all those those who have been recently baptized in the house of God today. I appreciate the words of Brother Kenneth, what he said. Uh, you know, if you if you come to be baptized, you come to give your life to the Lord, and uh, uh, after that, you know, you, you need to live for God. Hallelujah. Um, talking about being called to serve, Jesus said the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. Everywhere that I turn in the Christian community today, I am hearing tragic news concerning the overall health of the modern church. There is a crisis occurring in evangelical churches as a whole. Now, I said evangelical because, I mean, that is, that is all Protestant denominations. Uh, there is a crisis occurring. According to Tom Rayner, who is a pastor and he's an author. He has written several Christian books. And he's also the current CEO of Lifeway Christian Resources. Some of you know about the Lifeway uh, bookstores around. <coughs> he is the CEO, current CEO of that organization. Uh, this is an observation that he has made uh, through recent studies that he has done. According to Tom Rayner, nine out of ten Christian churches, and we use the word Christian because we're not just talking about one flavor. We're talking about the Pentecostal and the Baptist and the Methodist, the Presbyterian, all of them rolled up into one. Nine out of ten Christian churches are on the decline in this nation. The average local congregation in every city is falling way short in comparison to the growth occurring in the city. Amen. I mean, cities around the country that are booming now, and Nashville is one of them. I don't know if you have heard, but they have told us several times recently 
uh, on uh, Channel 5 News that Nashville is growing by the rate of over 100 families a day. More than 100, not people, but 100 families are moving in to Nashville, Tennessee and the surrounding area a day. Think about that. Uh, simply put, the local church is not having any impact on the community which they're a part of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Most churches, they come together in their four walls and they do their, their own thing, whatever they are, uh, um, they traditionally do or they are inclined to do. But as far as having an impact in their community, it's not happening. It's not happening with the Baptists and it's not happening with the Pentecostal. It's not happening with the Methodist and it's not happening with the Presbyterian. Amen. The churches are falling way short and are actually in decline. Now, I don't mean to be harsh or unkind with my next statement. But with what I just said, if, if that doesn't, uh, today doesn't view to be a problem to anybody in this room today, then I hate to say it, but you're part of the problem. With what I just said, if that don't appear to be a problem with you, if that don't bother you, if that don't stir you in some kind of way, then you're part of the problem. The average church member in any congregation has developed an erroneous view of what it means to be a member of a local congregation. And the body of Christ is suffering and losing ground because of it. Now, at the onset of this message series, I'm going to start off by telling you something, that God does not desire for you to go to church. Look at somebody sitting close to you and say, God, I don't want you to go to church. Now, before you get up and begin to leave, I want to clarify that statement. It's not God's desire for you to go to church. It's God's desire for you to be the church. I got a reaction from one or two there. God don't want you to go to church. He wants you to be the church. Sometimes we get things crossed up. I, here's, I see some people make the comment on Facebook and other social media. Sometimes it kind of stirs me a little bit. Somebody said, well, it's church night. I got to go and get my praise on. Why don't you keep your praise on? Amen. 
praise them here, but I'm going to praise them in Walmart. Hallelujah. I praise them here, but I praise them while I'm holding on to the stir wheel of that yellow school bus. I look back in the mirror and I see them all sitting back there making all of their signs and all that. I start lifting my hands and making my signs for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. He don't want us to go to church. We've been doing that long enough. He wants us to start being the church. And when we start being the church, then we start reaching people at the point of their need. Hallelujah. We maintain, number one, a knowledge of God's Word. Now it's said, but half the people that attend church don't understand or don't know the doctrine that is preached within the walls of that church. Everybody depends on the pastor to tell them what the book says. If you don't read the book and study for yourself, how do you know what I'm telling you up here is true or not? Come on, somebody. You're supposed to be able to know it yourself. And if you are the church, if you don't simply just go to church, but if you are the church, then when you run across a family member or you run across somebody on your job or anybody out in the world who all of a sudden asks a question concerning your faith, you're going to be able to give them an answer. Did you know the Bible tells us that we're supposed to do that? Do you know the word teaches us that we're supposed to be ready at all times to give an answer to every man who asks us of the hope that is within us? Glory to God. I'm here to tell you today, folks, the greatest way that you can talk to somebody about the Lord is just tell them what God has done for you. That's the greatest testimony of all. Don't try to go next week and tell somebody point by point everything pastor preached. But just tell them what God has done for you. Those people that know you, they're going to realize, hey, I, I, I knew her or I knew him before, and I know him now. I know something has happened. Something has changed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So there's a, there's a big difference in going to church and being the church. And that's what we are preaching about, becoming the church. Becoming the church. If the church is going to be successful and impact our world, then we must go back to the Scripture to see what they are being. We need to go back to the Scripture to see what the book says that the church is all about, 
then pick up the pieces that we have lost along the way to reconstruct a biblically correct and sound concept of what being the church is all about. Hallelujah. Now you might not be picking up on it yet, but man, the Holy Spirit is just a stirring within me right now. Hallelujah. And I hope and pray that, that some of this will get off on you. <laughs> like some of the shirts that I've got at the house. I've got all kind of shirts that's just covered with stains. Soup stains, gravy stains. Don't tell Shelly, but jelly stain. <laughs> they were washed, but they're still on there. I hope somebody gets stained with the Word of God this morning. Come on, somebody. I hope somebody in this house, amen, I'll leave here with something on you that you can't shake off very easily. You need something in your life today that you can't wash out, my friend. Hallelujah. And only Jesus Christ can do that for you. If you're walking around and you ain't got some stains from the Word, you need to get something on you today. Give God praise. Here, it's what we're talking about. We, all of us, collectively, together, if we collectively, we are the body of Christ. The only body that Jesus got right now is you and me. He's gone back to the spirit realm where he was before. And the church, the Bible teaches us, is the body of Christ. That means that we are his hands, we are his feet, we are his mouth. Hallelujah. And all the stuff I'm giving you is scripture, and I can, I can give you scripture. I'm not, I'm not reading them all because I'm trying to conserve time. But we are his hands and feet. We're his mouthpiece. So what that means is, whatever Jesus would be doing, if he were here, we should be doing. Hallelujah. If Jesus was here, Physically, on this earth right now, what do you think he would be doing? Would he be set home in the easy chair doing this? I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe he'd be searching the internet. I believe he would be out for the hurting and the outcast are trying to make a difference in somebody's life. The reason why I believe that is because I have studied his life the three and a half years 
he was here. Now he said, ye are the body of Christ. If somebody don't have a need met in the world today, it's because some person who calls their self Christian hasn't made an effort. Oh, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, help me. We need to be doing what he did. We should be doing that. Now, let me move on. I, I just got one point in this message, and this is what I want to drive home today. The ship of Zion is not a cruise liner. The ship of Zion is not a cruise liner. This place is not operated by carnival. It's operated by the Holy Ghost. Down through the years, the church of Jesus Christ has metaphorically been referred to as the ship of Zion. Many of the old church hymnals have songs after song that have been written to that effect. Hallelujah. I like that one. I like that one song. It's the old ship of Zion. It's the hope for the lost and dying. It's a soul saving station. The power of salvation. Oh, it's the church triumphant, oh Lord. And it's built by the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what the ship of Zion. Hallelujah. Years ago, Sister Joy used to be the uh, the song leader in the church many years ago, and she used to sing one of them old songs. I remember her singing them and leading that song uh, quite often. I have good news to bring. That is why I sing all the joy. With you I'll share, for I'm going to take a trip of a good old gospel ship and go sailing through. Well, hallelujah, glory to the Lamb of God. I'm glad I'm on the ship of Zion. Hallelujah. So we have metaphorically referred to the church as that down through the years. But too many in the church view the ship of Zion as a cruise ship where we get on board. Watch your toes now. We get on board to be entertained, served, and catered to. You purchase those tickets and you board on that ship and you got people all over there ready to just hop at your command to make sure that you're going to have a good cruise. Hello. And that's the way we have gotten to view the church of Jesus Christ. I've gotten on board. I purchased my ticket because I paid my tithes and offerings. 
I'm ready to be entertained, served, and catered to rather than God placing us on the ship to serve, sacrifice, and submit. And nobody likes those three words. Hallelujah. We're not too apt to want to serve. We for sure don't want to sacrifice. My George, we ain't going to submit to nobody. Hello, somebody. Look at somebody and say, Pastor's preaching right now. <coughs> the entitlement mentality which has crippled our nation's growth has slipped into the church and it's crippling our impact on a lost, dying world. Hallelujah. Way too many people have turned the body of Christ into little more than a social club to where as a member, hey, I'm a member of this thing. I've been a part of this thing for upteen many years. So there ought to be a few perks and privileges just for me. Come on, somebody. I paid my dues. I got a right to sit back and let somebody else do all the work. I told you about Tom Rayner and his books and his study when I began the, uh, the message. And I, we heard this years ago. It's the first time I ever heard it. But we were down in Alexandria, Louisiana to a meeting down there <coughs> at one of the biggest apostolic churches in the nation. Um, at that time, at that time, that church seated 3,000 and I know it's up to at least five now. But Pastor Mangan, he said, you know, he said this, he said, people look around, they come down here to this because of the times meeting, and they say, man, everybody in here, what they've gotten, what they've been able to achieve, what they've been able to do, said so they, must, they must have 100%, 100% of people stepping up to the plate and doing what needs to be done in the kingdom of God. But Pastor Man, uh, Anthony Mangan says, he said, one-third of the people in this congregation does all the work. He said, the rest are along for a ride. It's the first time I ever heard that. And that still rings true several years today. Tom Rayner says, every church, he says, you can count on it. He says, it don't make no difference what the size of it is. He said, if you've got a congregation of 90 people, that means 30 people is doing all the work. Bless the quietness. Hallelujah. If you've got a church of 60, you can see where the numbers come on down. It seems to be that way for some reason. I don't understand and never don't claim to understand and, and know. Back before I became a pastor, when I was, was, I was sitting under pastors, 
myself. I was pleased and I was tickled to death to be asked to do something in the church. And if the pastor come along and asked me about something, not one time did I say, well, I'll pray about it. I'll say, yes, sir, whatever you need done. You see, when somebody comes to you and asks you, will you do something, that I'll pray about it, it's a cop-out. Hallelujah. What you're doing is insulting that man of God. You tell that man of God that he didn't pray about coming to you the first place. Do you think a man of God would ask anybody to do something in the church that he ain't done consulted God with first? There's time to pray, but then there's time for action. There's time to submit to the authority of God. There is a mentality that as a member of a said congregation, I'm a member here, I've, I've come for a long time, I need to be fed, I need to be served, and I need to be cared for. If I get too hot, I expect pastor put his mic down, quit preaching, go back there and readjust that AC unit. When in fact, when in fact the pastor shouldn't even have to touch the AC and heat unit, they ought to be men making sure in the congregation that that's being taken care of. Rather than realizing God has placed you in the body to serve. Notice again what Jesus told the disciples in our text. Matthew 20 and 28. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Hallelujah. If you're in the church, God's got you here for you to serve, not to be served. He's got you here to... Mm, I start asking, I preach, I'm going to preach anyhow. He's got you here to prefer your brethren. He's got you here to make sure that things go like they should in the body of Christ. We're not here to go to church. We are here to be the church. And if I am not serving, I am not being the church. Hallelujah. I am not being the church if I am not Serving. Hallelujah. God has placed us in the body to serve. Notice Jesus himself. My Lord. Jesus Christ, and, and I'm fixing, I'm, I'm winding down right now. I'm fixing to come to a close. Jesus Christ was the Lord of all glory. But he came down to earth to serve, not to be served. As his followers we must maintain the same attitude. 
to become the church. We must develop the servant attitude and look for ways to benefit the body of Christ. When's the last time? When's the last time your church home has benefited you being a member? Just think about it. Hallelujah. When's the last time CFC has benefited you being a member? I sent a lady, a sister in the church, a message just the other day telling her how much I appreciate her. We had insects and spiders and stuff and mice going haywire around this place. And we've got somebody who works in extermination as a part of living, her living. And you know what? Pastor didn't have to beg or plead before I knew about it. She done been over here and sprayed the whole church. The church not being charged whatsoever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. These are just some of a few things that I'm talking about today. Now, the generation that my daddy lived in the generation that my daddy lived in, they all in the family sat around a radio and listened by a radio with all the static and the popping and the carrying on. They listened to a president make a speech that rallied the whole nation together in this greatest time of crisis. And my dad, he lived to be 93 years old. And he was a young man when he heard that, but he could still remember it. He still, he still knew where he was at when he heard it. When he heard that president make that speech that said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself and it calls the people of his generation to rally in such a way I in turn have been motivated in my life by another great speech I wasn't listening to a radio but I was watching the TV and John F. Kennedy spoke these memorial words. Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And that motivated me. And when I began to serve God, I made up my mind if people do that for nations that's not going to last. We ought to be able to do it. Amen. For Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I don't need to come in here. And I don't need to sit down. Don't you sit in my pew. Hallelujah. I don't want to know. I don't care if you ain't never been here before. Everybody. 
Oh, that's my pew. God forbid that I be so petty to come in here and sit down. Okay, Christ Family Church, what can I do? What, what can you do for me? When I need to be down here, Lord, show me what I can do for my church. It's one of the most loving churches that I know. The people love you. They worship from their heart. And it's a place where truth is preached when it's not preached everywhere else. God, what can I do to benefit this great body that you have placed me in? I could care less. I could care less about maintaining a church. God has not got me as pastor here to maintain the status quo. The heartbeat of my soul is building a church. Hallelujah. And a church can't be built when you got more people that are half out than half in. When you got people that's not committed to what's trying to be done for the kingdom of God. And I think everybody around here knows that everything is done is not to try to give glory for anybody standing up here. Our main effort is to give glory to Jesus Christ, to see people delivered, the chains of sin broken in their life, and to be a benefit. Hallelujah. I haven't given all my time, all the years that I've been here. My Lord, God knows, God knows it ain't been, it ain't been about money. That, if that was the aspect of it, it would have been over a long time ago. I want to see something built for the kingdom of God. I want to see something, I want to see something established that will carry on after my time is over with. We were left great things by our forefathers and by the founder of our congregation. Left things for us to build on. If Brother Hill could see where we're at right now, and maybe he does. My, 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 I can, I can see that white handkerchief of flying. I can see shouting hell going from one end to the other. Oh, I don't know when Christ is coming back. Nobody knows the day they are. If God delays us coming and he don't come for another 20 or 30 years or whatever, 
it's not going to be that long that I'll be passing the torch. And I want to make sure something is established that can cause the next generation to go twice as far as we ever thought about going. Hallelujah. That's why that I, I, I do what I can to build up the younger ones that God is raising up. I want them to have a better chance than what I did. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be the church. Hallelujah. I want to be the church. Do you hear that? I want to be the man that when the devil comes to the throne of glory like he did that time when Job was alive, where God pointed out Job, said, have you seen my servant Job? I want to be the one that when the devil comes before the, de uh, the Lord and he, uh, and the devil says, you, you talking about the church? Are you talking about that big Notre Dame cathedral? Are you talking about that beautiful billion-dollar place down there? I want to be the man that Jesus points to. It's not. That little short, heavy-set fellow down there in that purple shirt, there's my church. He's the one I poured my blood for. He pointed to you and say, devil, there's my church. Devil, there's my church. There's my church. That's what makes God proud. God could care less about this building right here. You think this building has, means anything to God? It's those of us sitting here. We're the ones that makes him proud. So I close today by saying when you leave here, Go out with intentions to make God proud. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the next time service time rolls around, don't say I'm going to church. Bless God, I'm going to be the church 24 hours a day, 365 days in a year. Let's stand together. Life to the Lord.